0: Welcome to the CE Pro Podcast, I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiker. At last year's CDA Expo in Denver, we all got a treat with the reunion of the CE Pro All-Star Band. Of course, 2020 threw a wrinkle into their return for this year, but fear not. Just as we've come to adapt to online platforms for everything else, so too has the All-Star Band, which will be back for the CDA Expo virtual experience. CEPro CE Pro editor and lefty guitarist in the band Bob Archer chats with his industry bandmates in this week's episode
1: hello everyone welcome to the ce pro podcast today is a special podcast this is a cds ce pro all-star band virtual performance preview. Um, I have many members of the band here today. Thank you everyone for hopping online and taking time out of your busy summer day. It is, by the way, we are recording this early, so it is the summertime and everybody's been gracious enough to take time out of their day and it's a Friday too. So um, what, what we're gonna do is we're, we're trying to make the most out of this whole COVID situation. So we wanna provide industry members access to education, product news, and, of course, live performances. As close as we can get to the CE Pro All-Star Band that we reintroduced last year at CD in Denver. Um, what's unique about the virtual band performances here is it's unlike a true live performance where everybody rehearses and then we get up and we play. This is going to take some special talent. Not only is everyone learning songs, but we're gonna have to record ourselves with separate audio and video tracks. Jeff Gardner, Mm -hmm. a uh, a many year tenured CD vet, is gonna be handling the audio mixing for us. Uh, CE Pros, Larry Holmes will be handling the video side and together with their talents, we're gonna put together this virtual live performance. Uh, We're gonna be doing several songs for classic rock and country. Um, And it's all All of this music is going to go to help drive interest in CDA's CDA Strong initiative, which is a benefit that the trade group has put together to try to help out dealers that are being negatively affected by the COVID virus and what's going on with the global economy. Um, Now that we've discussed that, I want to get right into some questions. You know what? As a matter of fact, before we get into the questions, uh, if we could start with... um, Dave, if everyone uh, introduced themselves, the name of your company and um, your name and what instrument you play, if you could start things off, Dave.
2: Dave Silken, DSG Distributors and Digital Sales Group, Metro, and I
3: play bass.
1: Jeff Mead, could, could you go next?
3: Sure. Uh, Jeff Mead from Presto Web Design here in the UK, and uh, I play guitar and sing.
0: Jeff Gardner? Uh, Hi there. Uh, Jeff Gardner, a retired CDS staff member and uh, now uh, sequestered into my basement studio.
4: Tim. Yes, hi. I'm Tim McGonis. Uh, I'm uh, with D-Tools and Uh uh, I play drums and sing. Uh, uh,
5: Richie. Hi, I'm Rich Charshan from Acoustic Smart Home Theater Interiors and I play guitar. And uh, that's about it. Okay, Vince. I play other things, too, but, you know. (laughs) Okay, Vince. Hi, I'm I'm
6: Vince DiGiani, Senior Sales Engineer with SurgeX, and I play guitar.
7: Okay, Rick. I'm uh, Rick Santiago uh, with Indie Audio Labs, uh, Acuras, and Aragon, and uh, I play saxophones. And I I didn't see Mitch sneak in there, but... Mitch, if you could introduce yeah, yourself. Yeah, I did. I kind of snuck
8: in. That's kind of like all bass players do. Um, <laughs> you, like, didn't even see you come in. You just came in. It was like, like magic. There it is. We just set the tempo. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Mitch Klein uh, with uh, Z-Wave Alliance and also with Silicon Labs. I play bass, uh, and there's a few other instruments I'm working on, but I won't let let that
1: get out too soon. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. So let's get right into these questions. Um, if we could go in that same order, um, what uh, 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 introduction, I should say, to be specific, um, already... what, what do you think about the yeah. mix of songs? Uh, excuse me, Tim. Uh, I think Tim froze up. But anyway, uh, he'll unfreeze, or hopefully he unfreezes. Um, I already uh, forgot could, the order. Uh, okay. Well, you know,
8: as always, it's the bass players that I got to kick things off. Sorry, All Trent.
1: right, yeah, let's, 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 how about we do this? We'll, uh, we'll start with the bass players, Mitch and uh, Dave. What do you think of the mix of songs that we're doing, where we're doing classic rock and country?
2: I guess I'll go first, Mitch.
1: Sure, go I right um, ahead.
2: I, I, I like them very much. I mean, we picked out a couple of what were my favorites from last year, and uh, I was never a big country fan, but uh, – the Tennessee Twins have changed my mind on that, so I'm really looking. I'm really looking forward to it. And I thought "Come Together" was probably one of my favorites of all that we did. So uh, I'm looking forward to stepping that one up a bit.
8: Yeah, I'm kind of aligned with you there, Dave. Um, I've never really been a country fan either until I started listening to the tracks that we were going to learn. Uh, you know, and part of that is because as bass players, much of the country stuff doesn't really provide much of a an opportunity to get creative, so to speak. But the music is fabulous. I totally love the country. And me, my favorite happens to be Soul Man uh, for lots of reasons, but uh,
1: that that's the one I like the most. Okay, we'll move on to our drummer and vocalist, Tim. Um,
4: yeah, well, I'm looking forward to, uh, to playing the songs with Jeff and Tennessee Twin. Uh, I think the one we did last year uh, was just awesome. It was really fun to play on. Um, And uh, I always like uh, playing, you know, Come Together, it's one of my favorites. So I think it's gonna be really good. We played, I think we played all those songs well last year, and uh, have a chance to have a little bit more rehearsal and uh, get these down. I think we're gonna, we're gonna have a good time.
1: Okay, um, Rick, as a horn player, what's it like to play on a classic song like Soul Man?
7: Um, well, as a, as a jazz horn player, it's, I'm just happy to have a gig. So, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, it's, it's really cool. Uh, I grew up with, uh, listening to that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, one of the first movies where horns were really prominent and the, and so, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's cool to be able to try to try to figure out something unique to add to it. So it's, it's really fun.
1: Okay. we'll we'll move on to the guitar players. Um. I think that's Vince and I. But Vince, uh, what's your opinion on playing these uh, country and rock songs?
6: You know, <clears throat> you know I'm, a, I'm a rock and roll uh, kind of guy. And uh, I think it's great to get out of your wheelhouse. And, you know, during this 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 uh, quarantine period, you know, we've probably all, you know, had more time to, to brush up on your instrument. And I've definitely uh, tried to do that. And, um, uh, you know, having these songs that are, that are not normally something that I would play. I think it's a great, a great, uh, a great vehicle. So I'm really looking forward to it. And um, you know, I think uh, Bob, you and I both are, <clears throat> you know, in that uh, kind of that distorted guitar sound kind of camp. We have always gravitated towards that. And the country uh, tunes are gonna you know make us clean it up a little bit. And I enjoyed that from C D last year. Just you know, really concentrating on uh, on on a, on a kind of a clean guitar sound.
1: Thank you, Vince. Rich, you played great, as I thought, last year, playing all those like rock and roll-like, uh, Chuck Berry-type licks, uh, adding that kind of thing to these songs. What's your take on the country and rock?
5: Well, it's interesting, because like in my other band that I had, we actually did a couple of country-type su- you know songs that we wrote. So I had to think outside the box. So I was thinking like a Lindsey Buckingham kind of feel and thinking in terms of that type of style, and I had to brush up on that. So it's a totally different sound, and but it's uh it's all good to me. I mean the the song I'm really looking forward to is that Chris Stapleton uh, tune because I just love the chorus on it, and I think the songwriting is great. And the uh, Luke Combs song is one I never really heard before, to be honest with you. So I'm learning that one for the first time. But I'm I think it's all good. It's all look, it's all based. It's really not country country. It's like country rock, so it's got a little bit of rock to it, and you know it's just. You know, we kind of make it our own anyway, I think, as a band, you know, and uh, one of the things that I enjoyed when we got together that was really special to me is how, like a lot of us didn't play together before, we just met each other for the first time and how, you know, a lot of times you you meet people, you're playing in a band, nobody really ever learns the songs, (laughs) you know, when you come to play, and it's always a free for all. So the fact that we all got together and it clicked so simply because everybody actually did the homework and they did their part and they really cared. That's what made the whole experience so much fun. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I thought it was a blast, and everybody was uh, was just awesome to play with. It was great. Loving it. Yeah, you yeah. know, Rich,
8: uh, I was getting comments after we played that, you know, that we'd been touring together, right? <laughs> so I totally agree with you, Richard. I think that's the best part about participating here is just really getting to play with, with all you guys. It was awesome. Yeah. Just,
4: look, yeah. We, you know, and, this, and the thing that I really uh, – that I really was, was so happy with is um, we had our meetings and we all talked and we went through all the emails and nobody, I mean, a few of us knew each other, but nobody really knew each other very well. At least I I didn't know a lot of you very well. And you always have some trepidation because you just really don't know the skill level of, of everybody. And, and you just hope everybody comes prepared. Right. And I remember we were about, halfway through the first verse of soul man when we started and i'm like okay this is gonna work and that's just the best feeling and there were no egos and everybody was totally cool and i think i hope that it came out in our performance because that's um what i was most happy with was how much fun i was having and and how good we sounded and uh, I think that just comes because everybody did their job. And um, with one rehearsal, and I like to just stress this again, we had one rehearsal and we were able to, uh, uh, I think, uh, pull off something that was really fun.
6: Well, we had one rehearsal in 40 years of practice. <laughs>
5: yeah. yeah. You know, what was really wild, wild to me was that, you know, you mentioned Soul Man and, uh, you know, but when the horns came in, and then, and then the harmonies came in on some of the songs, and nobody ever met each other for the first time. And then the harmonies came in actually on key. That was like, I had to like, because like you know, because it was a very small room that we practiced in, so I had to walk out and come back in, and I had to walk in just to believe what I was seeing because I was like, that just never happens, you know. So uh, it was a magic moment. It was a lot of fun, and uh, and I think we all became sort of brothers after that, you know. We all kind of bonded together and was uh it's been a nice thing it's been fun you no know,
6: we uh you know with the exception of uh of jeff Gardner, we i think probably most of us don't get to play with horns and it, boy does it uh get you excited like when you play with with real horns it's, it was really really an excellent uh addition <laughs> yeah it was awesome it really was yeah awesome.
4: we usually
5: can't afford them so
7: yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Wow! Well, i'd you like pay to get some ear gigs <laughs> <laughs> you guys are too much they, money
7: they get paid <laughs> yeah right
1: <laughs> all right uh let's move on to the next question and i want to start with uh the tennessee twins on this one um this may be an obvious question but what songs are you looking forward to playing the most
3: well obviously for the, for, for us you know we're a, we're a country act which you know coming to play country music in the us is a bit like you know bringing ice to the eskimos in our book. You know, we, we've we've had the privilege of playing in Nashville a few times and uh, coming to play with you guys was every bit if not more enjoyable because as the guys have said, it was that, that instant, okay, we've got a restriction, we've got a very small, small slot and a small rehearsal room, we've got to get at this. You know, you have to bring out the professional side of you. I mean, one of the things that I think appeals to both of us in, in the countryside is that nashville discipline that you have to have you know there are no there's there's very little room for maneuver there's there's dots on a sheet and off you go you know but you know we don't often get to chance to the chance to play and sing the rock stuff do we no no Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's our, our stuff tends to be songwriter rounds and and small acoustic venues and that very very intimate thing which brings its own pressures so to be up there with a big band and you mentioned the horns i haven't played with horns for Quite a few years, although I used to be a horn player myself. So that sound, that brassy, big, natural acoustic sound that comes from a great set of horns, you know, riding along with a great rhythm section—it's there's nothing quite like it.
6: Well, there's nothing like quite like having uh, talented vocalists that really
3: sound great. I mean, it was that—that that was a thrill to play with you guys. Well, right back at you, right, right across there. I think that was—I think Tim kind of touched on it. I remember there was there was one moment about three quarters through the gig last year when you know it would had one rehearsal we were all playing by the skin of our pants kind of thing i turn around to tim who was playing the drums at the time to think right okay when are we finishing this and we both locked eyes and go right we're in sync now we know what we're doing we didn't there wasn't any communication verbal communication needed and that's that's when music becomes really fun where you know you're all on the same wavelength you know what the question is in each other's heads and you're going to answer it together by just by just playing and that that you know such a great uh, experience.
1: Yeah, I'll say you guys gave me a lot of confidence. I get high levels of anxiety getting up there. And uh, I would look back at Tim, or look over to Dave, or Jeff, and that really helped to calm my nerves because they were like, my, my heart was up in my throat. And uh, uh, it, it's reassuring when I get that level of confidence from the people I'm playing with. Cool. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I think you all, um, you know, it's like a sports team. It's it's everybody depending on each other. Everybody has to know their their position on the pitch and what their job is. And everybody, you know, in such a small space of time just gets on with their job. And that's certainly what happened on stage last year. And, and really looking forward to how it plays out a little bit differently with what we're going to do this year.
4: Yeah, I would say I have more anxiety recording than I do playing live. So love playing without a net improvising and um you know that's just feeding off you know feeding off the audience feeding off the fellow players and then when you're in a room by yourself um then my ocd sense tends to take over and it it has to be perfect has to be perfect and you lose a little bit of of that um that Feeling, yeah, you know? and so I think it's going to be interesting to see what the the shared experience is as we go on on this little journey together. As opposed to, hey, we got one shot; we're going to all come together and do this, right? So, um, I'm I'm going to be leaning on on Mr. Gardner quite a bit over the next couple of weeks here. Now you just have you just to have deliver to some sure good sounding drum tracks. Oh my God.
1: Uh, since since we've started to talk about it, guys, let's let's get into that topic. Um, we've alluded to already that this is going to be different because we're we're going to be recording audio tracks and we're going to be syncing them with separate video tracks. Um, I, I think we'll start, with Jeff Gardner. Chef, could you explain how this process is going to work from your perspective?
0: Uh, yeah, it's uh... In a perfect world with uh, unlimited bandwidth, we could all set up at once with headphones and play live together, Um, but that's not gonna be the case. Uh, So what's gonna happen is some guide tracks will go out uh, and everybody will play their part to that same guide track and then they'll all end up uh, in the cloud in in a place where I can grab those tracks and say, okay, drums, bass, guitar, sax, vocals, and so I got put it into the workstation and mix it like I would as if it was all recorded in one place then the video will be separate that'll be phone video that'll that'll go uh to larry and then once i have the songs mixed and sounding as good as as they're going to get uh then he's going to use uh uh use those tracks to edit the edit video too so that what the what the final viewer sees is clip going kind of like what we see here from one person to another or several people on screen at once it'll look like we're playing together uh, but really, everything is being recorded at a different time in a different place. It's like magic.
1: Okay, I think what I want to do now, since we're, we, we, we've we talked about that a little bit, I want to talk about the gear, because we're all kind of gearheads, and many of the people that, that will be viewing the band are, are gearheads. So let, let's talk about not only the musical instruments that we're going to play, but since the camera, or since I'm right now I'm looking at Jeff Gardner, let's start with what do you have in your studio? And... and Uh, how will you go about tracking and recording us?
6: Well,
0: if you take a look around here, I've actually got two complete workstations. That one over there is for multi-track transfer. I do a lot of transfer of analog tape to uh, digital. This is my main workstation here. Uh, And then you see, I have a lot of tape decks. That's Mm. because I transfer a lot of stuff uh, over. So uh, what's happening here is a um, uh, a really hefty rack-mounted PC. Uh, with uh, uh, Reaper is the workstation I use, like Pro Tools, uh, Sound Forge for editing or for um, mastering, and uh, so I'll actually be doing some guitar tracks too. And so I'll just I'll just go straight into the workstation with uh, with my little guitar rig here. I've got okay, somebody well, over tomorrow to do guitar tracks, so I'll be set for it.
1: What kind of guitars and amps and microphones will you be using?
0: I've got I play uh, I well. I did a count last year, and I I thought I had 17 guitars, and then I found three more. Uh, but my main my main guitar for uh, for, for rhythm stuff is a uh, uh, a three pickup made from parts Telecaster. Then I've got some I've got a little bit of everything, literally.
1: Okay. Of- uh, all right. Um, since we're, we're we're talking about guitars, let's move on to Ridge what will you be using to record? At CD Expo last year, you had a a, rev- a very nice Les Paul. Is that your uh, your main weapon of choice, I guess, so to speak?
5: Yeah, it's funny. You know, I was I was mostly a Strat guy growing up and I still have my Strat. You know, I, I always figured there's two guitars only. There's a Strat and then there's a Les Paul. But the issue is when you're recording uh, with the Strat, it makes a lot of noise, you know, because the single call pickup. So I I tend to use my Les Paul for when I'm recording. And in the last band I was in, when I played the Strat, you know, and if somebody else is playing a Les Paul, it, it leaves a totally different color. But if everybody's all playing Gibson, it gives it like a different, like a heavier sound. So I've been using a Les Paul for the last couple of years just because it's more that Americana rock and roll and the sustain and the quietness of when you're recording. Just, it just holds up. So uh, a lot of what we... You know, actually, this is a this is a question I I want to ask Jeff. You know, when you're recording, I mean, would you recommend? I mean, I've always done in the past where I just I plug it in directly. You know, uh, with um, with some sort of a box, and you know, I can do it in stereo or in or in mono rather than using an amp and mocking it up, uh, and and get a great result out of that for a sound. What, what do you recommend? I mean, yeah, yeah, is, as long know, as, long it as, as you're getting
0: As long as you're getting the sound that you're looking for um, you know I I can I still have a lot of control of it what comes to me so whether you mic an amp or take it direct as long as you've got uh, a sound that's that's that is you know that you're that you're looking for uh, I'll just take that file I don't need I don't need a stereo file that's not gonna do me any good everything will be everything will be panned and and arranged in in the production Uh, but yeah monofile and you can always (laughs) send multiple takes too um, or you could send me. Uh, you could send me one time with a Les Paul, and one time with a Strat. You know, maybe we'll use both of them.
5: Right for a different tone. Yeah.
0: Ones so, ones and zeros are free. That's the that's the beauty of uh, the digital world.
5: Yeah. All right. Well, All right. We'll, we'll move on team. to. Uh, uh, with uh, with uh, Vince it was actually good because he actually had the Strat. Right. Did, did you have a yeah. Strat? And yeah. I had the Les Paul, so that that balance was actually nice because it's two totally different sounds. And then also. Yeah. What Rob had, he had another totally different sound too. So that actually worked very nicely together.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, Vince. Uh, will you be using that strat to
6: record? I, I think for the country tunes, I'll probably gravitate towards the strat and get that, you know, get that twangy uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, quintessential country tone, and and probably go through. Uh, um, um, I'm going to go through amplifiers. I mean. The, the reality is, I think we all have the same situation. We have all this equipment, and if your wife doesn't see you using it, she wonders why you have all that <laughs> equipment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out a lot of different stuff and 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 mix it up. But I have a uh, I, I've got a Les Paul that we'll definitely use on uh, on Come Together and on the Tom Petty tune. I got a Duesenberg, which I'll probably pull out for that. Uh, and uh, and I'll, I'm gonna mix it up and have some have some fun. Um, I have a little bit of a of uh, uh, of a of a cool thing. My my daughter is uh, in video production, so she's going to be in charge of doing the video part of the recording. And my son is also an aspiring musician and recording engineer, so I'm going to en- enlist him in in um, in doing uh, you know in, in, in taking care of the controls. He'll he'll be putting it on uh, on Logic. Uh, is probably what he'll be doing. Uh, um, and um, so we'll make it make it uh, make it fun.
0: Yeah, so I'll be, I'll be sending out MP3s for the, for the guide tracks because they're small, but what you'll want to send back to me is WAV files.
6: Is wave files, yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: uh, the Tennessee Twins, what, what will you guys be playing and re- oh. recording
3: with? I'm, I'm the opposite in as much as, you know, I get encouraged to buy gear, obviously, so that's, that's, I'm very <laughs> lucky from that point of view. <laughs> for, for vocal, we, we, we have a studio here that we, we use to, to release stuff fairly regularly, so we've invested in that quite a bit. Um, the main uh, vocal mic we use is a, um, a tube condenser mic by SE and SE Gemini. Um, that's, uh, we really like that. We've got some fancy uh, preamps and things, including a very good clone of an EVE-1073, which we use quite regularly in uh, Universal Audio for the uh, interfaces. So that's, that's tend to how we, we track vocals. Guitars, um, the acoustic parts will be probably my, my main squeeze Gibson acoustic, a J45. Uh, she's called Ashley, because all we, my guitars have to have names. Um, And Victoria's vocals, we tend to track hers a bit cleaner. So, again, probably the Neve or we've got an 80-40-50 that we use quite a lot. Uh, One of the cleaner preamps. The Universal Audio do a great um, uh, plug-in unison preamp where you can clone it to be whatever pretty much you like as long as you're prepared to pay for it. So, uh, you know, we can play around with all sorts of stuff. Victoria's vocals, we tend to use something slightly different for the two of us. But I think that pretty much covers what we'll do.
1: Okay, before we move on to the bass and drums, I'll say that uh, I I fell in love with this uh, Strymon Iridium. It's a modeler, and um, I'm going to record my Fenders and Gibsons for the rock and roll stuff through the Iridium. I'll I'll use different amp models, uh, Vox and and Marshall and Fender and whatnot, and then for acoustics for the country stuff. I have a tailor that I'll use uh, on that. So... um, I guess we'll move on to the uh, to Tim and the drums. Tim, what kind of kit will you be playing?
4: Um, well, I haven't quite decided um, what I'm going to use for the audio, or um, and I may use something different for the video part. Um, my, probably going to use my um, mid '70s Ludwig Ludwig Vista lights. Um, they're they're big, they're they're loud, they're powerful, and they look amazing. Um, and then I, I have all very heavy uh, rock zildjans for the cymbals, um, which sound incredible as well. So the trick for me is going to be to, um, to get the, the best sound that I possibly can to give to Jeff for the, for the tracks there, and then I'll worry about the looks later.
0: Yeah, give me, give me as many separate t- tracks as you can. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to go back in and, and, and replace the kick with my finger.
5: <laughs> right yeah uh, okay
1: I, if we could move on to rick uh rick i know you used to work at shore microphones uh so i assume you're going to use one of their products to mic up your your uh your horns yeah. and whatnot. Oh, absolutely
7: you- yeah there's no doubt about that um yeah i had the privilege to work on a number of the ksm mic projects when i was there so It'll either be a KSM-32 or a KSM-9, believe it or not. ksm 9's a a, a vocal mic, but it, it actually has an awesome sound on uh, on the horns as well. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, every once in a while I go the opposite direction and I'll pull out an old 565 or something, you know, some old, you know, uh, dynamic or something, you know, depending on the sound I'm looking for. But um, I'll be playing my... Uh, My standard horn, which is a 1969 Selmer Mark VI um, that I picked up by happenstance at a bar gig many years ago. (laughs) That's a long story uh, for a podcast some other day. Was there a
0: card Uh, game involved? (laughs) (laughs)
7: There there were people playing cards, but I wasn't involved in that table. But that's another story. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, it'll be that Selmer. And I've been a a Soundforge guy for many years uh, back before Sony bought them. So I'll be using, uh, and then I did a little bit of uh, track recording for Sony when they were doing loop libraries and stuff like that. So I'll be using Acid for, for the multi-track. I'll probably import the, the guide tracks into Acid, so I've got something to sync to, and then I'll record my track onto that, and then I'll and I'll outboard that over to to uh, Sound Forge if I want to do any pre-cleaning let's just say before well, I, I send it over i hope yeah, it's multi-tracks
6: i hope you're going to be doing a you know some some uh, harmony background
7: well i thought about or maybe part doing part. like tenor and alto let's see what happens yeah <laughs> that, would, it, that would be great if you could do that sure well, i look, have, I'll, a, I'll, have, the,
0: have the charts for
7: a soul man which i put oh. up on uh, no, that's yeah. cool. even better <laughs> no that sounds good okay, yeah so, so we'll that's the for, uh,
5: tim here, tim uh, Tim and I haven't done acid since the 70s, right Tim? <laughs>
7: right.
5: <laughs> well, that was the last time.
7: That's right. And they're on version 6, so I don't know what that means. But
5: <laughs> oh, that's Actually like, you know, that's 10. updated.
7: You know, it's you know, that
5: was in the 70s. It's version 6 is much better, you know. <laughs> more colors, more vivid,
7: you know. That's right.
1: <laughs> okay, if we uh, let's move on to uh our bass players. Uh guys, uh what, what basses, what bass amps, what uh, microphones, uh, interfaces, et cetera, uh, will you be using? Did, did we, I, uh, I guess finish. I can
8: get started with that one. Um, yeah. I actually have a rather versatile collection so of instruments. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got a Fender Precision that I've been using for years. I'll continue to use that and, and a PV head over a bag-end bass, a couple of uh, back end bass uh, bottoms. But I've also got a Guild acoustic guitar that I've been uh, struggling with, I mean, playing, and mm-hmm. uh, picked up a Gretsch mandolin, because I thought that'd be kind of fun. And I actually have one sitting right next to the computer that, that they uh, sit on these endless Zoom calls for work. I hope you're not paying attention work. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, learning learning that. And I even bought a peanut ukulele uh, off a of Kickstarter. And believe it or not, this thing's an electric ukulele. It's about like this big. I thought, okay, you know what? I'm gonna be tra- continue to travel a lot. I'm going to take it with me. So, by the way, the whole travel band stuff's my fault because as soon as Kickstarter shipped it, that's when travel ended. So, uh, anyway. And and uh, Tim, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I got a set of Roland V drums that I've uh, kind of. Oh, nice. With. Yeah, that's pretty sweet and also doesn't right. annoy the name. You got the whole band
4: on there. You got the PA. Yep.
8: Actually, yeah, for PA, I have a Fender Passport. You know, I'm probably familiar with that.
0: Well, the bass players always own the PA and the truck. That way they can't get fired. <laughs> <laughs>
8: so true. So true. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I looked, uh, Pretty eclectic,
1: eclectic selection of, of gear. Okay, great. And I guess we'll conclude with Dave. If, um, Dave is still with us. I,
2: I'm still here.
1: Okay. Thank you, Dave. Uh, uh, what are you going to be running?
2: I'm going to be using two different bases. I'll be using the Ibanez vintage road star that you guys see me with um, at the last show. And since we're not traveling, I can bring my five string uh, Fender Jazz Deluxe. So I'll be using that on uh, some of the country songs. And uh, I'm going to do a as clean a track as possible. I've been playing into a Pro Tools. Uh, and then I'll do a track with an ambient room my, through my um, Kickback 12, my hockey. And we'll Excellent. that meant. I have a studio full of stuff that I am very honored to have access to. Um, one of my bands rehearses in a place called High Street Studio in Holbrook, New York, and it's got a, an amazing collection of preamps and processors and stuff. and He's quite creative. It's a friend of mine I've been playing with since seventh grade. <laughs> so we'll probably just go in there one night and have some fun, and uh, I'll owe him a couple of dinners. But we'll uh, we'll come up with some good tracks. Great.
6: Okay. Thank hey, that, you. Yeah, well, uh, Rob, uh, Bob uh, touched on this before the call but Jeff do you want an, an ambient uh, room mic as well as the the close mic on guitars or
0: I, I don't need it but uh, like I said ones and zeros are free so if you're uh, if you're doing a if you're playing through an amp and you want to give me one close and and one with the room on it that's great just just more tools to have absolutely Or if if you wanted to give on base, you want to give me a direct and then a direct feed and also an AMP feed, you know, so it's nice to have both.
6: I think we're all going to be sending you like little, uh, little gifts in the in the mail, you know, little, uh, you know, hey, make sure you put me up in the mix there, buddy. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put together (laughs) an actual pricing schedule.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
4: Nice. All right.
1: Uh, since w- we've kind of covered um, our favorite songs and the gear that we're going to use, um, let's talk about the obstacles of learning these songs at home, and um, and 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 then the whole hurdle. And Tim, you alluded to this: the uh, getting in front of a camera and and, and tracking and, and recording ourselves video wise. Um, um, what are your feelings on? these hurdles, which typically, as Tim had noted, that for live gigs, you don't experience any of that. Uh, we'll start um, We'll start with the bass players. Um, uh, Mitch, if you could uh, start.
8: Yeah, sure. Um, in terms of practicing and laying down the actual music side of it, the tracks, um, I don't find that it's not likely to be as big a challenge as uh, standing in front of a video camera. Uh, I know I'm the last person you ever want to see on video. <laughs> so it's always going to be a challenge and just, Oh my God, I can't believe I look like that. I can't, Oh, I'll change my shirt. Wait a minute. I'm holding the bass backwards, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> so to me, the video is going to be the most challenging part.
1: Okay. Uh, Dave, uh, what, what are your feelings?
2: Oh, I, I agree with Mitch. I mean, we're kind of used to learning songs on our own. Um, you know, I do it every month we try to learn some new stuff with a couple of the bands that I play with. Uh, The video, I'm just going to let the cameras run and
3: see what happens.
2: I mean, I feel like my whole life has become a TikTok video lately with all the nonsense that's going on. So I'm just going to let the camera run and uh, hopefully we'll come up with some good stuff.
7: All right. Uh, Rick, um, uh, what's your perspective on this? Um, Yeah, I think the video is probably the challenge. I'm going to try to focus on the audio tracks, and then I'll probably like play them back and air, air, air band it. <laughs> I don't know, we'll see.
8: Is it okay if we use the air bass too? I mean, that, that's a good, good point
7: there.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, we, we, uh, Tim, uh, what are your thoughts on this topic?
4: Uh, I'm gonna have my designer animate my entire performance, so it'll be like gorillas. Uh, well, yeah, now you know the aha video from now, back in the day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no. Actually, you know the the playing is not going to be the issue. It's uh, I said is making sure I can get good sounding, uh, good sounding tracks, the songs, um, we already kind of know the songs I practice all the time. So I'm not worried about that piece. Um, and just try not to stress out about the camera, right? Because I'm with Mitch, I'm like, yeah, God, face for radio. So, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll just have fun.
1: All right. Uh, how do the twins feel about this? Well, I mean, They're this pros. Is-
3: we, we do, not hugely regularly, but have done more and more regularly since lockdown. I think- um, We've so just, we
2: just done one last week, haven't we? We, we
3: have, yeah, so. with a couple of other lady artists and uh, both the, the sound and the video thing. I think the, um, the video, on, on both counts, where you would normally be in a room sharing ideas with the other artist and the producer, actually, we kind of have to just do what we think is right and hope Jeff can pull us together. You know, I I feel for Jeff as an engineer myself, you know, usually you have the chance to influence the performance a little bit in terms of what is going to work best as it's being recorded. But I think Jeff's job is going to be trying to put together a jigsaw made of pieces that may or may not be intended to go together. <laughs> so uh, so uh, my, I think hat, my, yeah, my hat goes off to Jeff for that. I think the, the video is an interesting uh, thing. We've done that just recently. Um, and uh, yeah, my advice, don't try and record the two together, then do, definitely do <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, a video, a performer along to the audio wherever recorded. And that certainly makes things a bit easier.
0: Also, also yeah. that uh, the audio, uh, you're, go ahead and use headphones because that's the way it should look on screen. We should all be wearing headphones when we're playing. Um, but make sure that there's uh, some of that sound also getting on to your phone for the video because that's what he's going to use to line it up. So, have it playing a little bit live uh, uh, and in your headphones so that when the phone is is recording he's got that he's not going to use it, but he'll have it to, to sync with
3: yeah have, having done that job just recently, I have to tell you that makes it infinitely easier than trying to lip sync or sync sync a guitar hit or a or, or a drum hit. It's way way easier if you can do it by the uh, by the track in the background
0: yep. And Tim's going to put a nice count on everything, so everybody knows where to start.
8: <laughs> in, the, in music, yes. especially in live performances, for the most part, if you all start together and you all end together, that's all anyone really notices.
0: That's <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, uh, Vince, what, what are your thoughts on this?
6: You know, um, and I'm, I'm sure as, as uh, you know, everyone can relate to this, and we've all been playing for a long time, you know, you, you know, I find myself, I, I, I play a lot of electric guitar acoustically sitting in front of the TV, you know, jamming along with commercials or jamming along with the background. I mean, you know, I just like to have a guitar in my hand and I'm playing. And some of the stuff that comes out at 11 o'clock at night that is just with no one listening is just brilliant. But the second that little red light comes on, all that goes out the window. So I'm 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 hoping if I if I can play like I play, uh, uh, you know, uh, sitting on my sitting on the chair, just just you know, with no no pressure on. If 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 any of that leaks out onto this recording, I'll be happy.
0: Well, just remember, you, you can try, try it as many times as you like. Unlike that live show where it's one and done. One and done. Uh, yeah. You can just come back into it over and over and over until you got the piece you like, and then send it.
6: Yeah, but I think I think you uh, Jeff you weren't there but I don't know if you guys noticed, you know, when when we were practicing uh the day before the show last year, um I never play the song the same way twice. So <laughs> whenever we who knows what you're going to get from one take to the next. So we'll we'll see. Okay, Rich, what what are
5: your thoughts? Yeah, you know, as far as the recording goes, I mean, I'm um I'm, I'm cool with that i've done a lot of that over the years uh but uh the video thing is, it's so weird like you see videos online of the guys doing like what we're doing and i've seen people playing in hammocks i've seen people playing in the bathtub, you know, and it doesn't matter because it's all all the audio is already recorded so honestly, I was just thinking of having fun with it and just like goofing on it a little bit because it's all us playing the parts you know you, you're never gonna sink in whatever you're playing you know, with the audio perfectly. So it is what it is, you know. Look, we're just, you know, we're all playing the music. The video is just to show you that we're actually playing. You know, one of the things that, that Jeff said that was interesting was that he wanted, like, the phone to be heard while you're actually listening also with your with your headphones. But wouldn't it be the same thing in both, or is it, you know, would that be Yeah, certain- Yeah,
0: it, it is the same. It's just that if you you have headphones on and you put your phone on and you play, not much of that sound is going to bleed onto the phone. And so the video editor is not going to have, he's going to be going, what, what's he doing? Right.
5: Okay. Yeah.
0: So It's not going to use it. He's just going to be allowed to, to know where you are and what song you're doing and, and, okay. and wh- where you are in the song.
5: All right. So then we have to figure out a way to actually have it from the phone. Also. In your no, head- not,
0: not from the phone to the phone.
5: To the, to the phone,
0: the phone, the phone mic will be open. And if you're just listening to the headphones, it won't hear anything. So you wanna have a, something playing in the room too.
5: Oh, I got it. All right, cool. All right, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, hey. it's gonna be a hard time editing it. It's not gonna be, uh, it's, it's gonna be a little crazy, I'm sure, just on the video part more than the audio. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thankfully, uh, I'll say, and I'll throw a uh, uh, big kudos to our, our multimedia director, Larry Holmes. Uh, Larry's got years and years of experience and if you think about it, he has to deal with me and all my flubs that you guys don't see in those CE Pro videos. So if he can deal with my flubs, he, you know he's a real pro. So, um, yeah, I think we'll, the video part will, will fall into place. Um, so, But um, I, I want to conclude our little uh, roundtable panel discussion here by um, asking you guys, what's it mean uh, for all of you to... Um, I help drive awareness for the CDA strong initiative. Um, as we alluded to and talked about earlier, um, the economy because of COVID and, and the social distancing and, um, and the quarantining has had a real impact on a lot of businesses. What's it mean to you to be able to help out the CDA community? And, um, I think we'll start with Vince and we'll go through the guitar players first.
6: You know, while, 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 uh, you know while i was one of the inaugural inaugural, uh members of the band uh what was it uh eight nine years ago a decade ago 10 years ago it was a while uh, ago vince it was a while ago but i've been out of the industry that whole time you know my the the company that i was with back then kind of pulled out of cedia uh so uh you know i'm kind of a the, the newbie on uh in the band here as far as uh uh you know the the community is concerned so i'm 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 happy to I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to help out as much as i can uh and um you know it, it's a it's a it's a terrible uh situation we're in but we got a to band
5: together mm.
6: okay rich what, are, yeah, you, what with, are your thoughts
5: yeah yeah so with cedia um uh you know look the uh dealers are are a lifeline you know it's a bloodline so without the ev dealers we have no business and <laughs> It's been very interesting, you know, talking to them across the country and uh, hearing their stories. You know, some are doing well, some are doing not so well. And, uh, you know, a lot of them and us, in the beginning, we were trying to think outside the box of what we got to do to support them, you know, to to bring everything up to standard. So what can we do to keep everybody busy? So we were doing a lot of design work and things like that, trying to keep everybody going. And then when things started lifting up, then the dealers starting, really started to get busy. And it's very interesting because certain areas, like in New York, we got hit the hardest first. And then L.A. was still happening. I mean, they were still doing jobs there and things were great. I mean, in New York, I can tell you we were getting kicked off of jobs. Uh, job sites had COVID and um, they even uh, had a $10,000 fine if they caught you, at, you know, at the job site. There were people driving around. Making sure that nobody was working, so that's how protective they were, in our area. So you really had to be, uh, you had to really pick and choose what you can get away with and what you couldn't, because you know you'd be getting hit with a ten thousand dollar fine. Now Los Angeles is getting hit. I just talked to somebody today. They they said it was like some crazy number of of people got COVID. You know, uh, were tested for COVID yesterday. It was like the highest ever. And uh, so now they're getting what we had, you know, and nobody's wearing masks. So it's, I'm I'm worried about what's gonna happen three months from now, four months from now, because everybody's talking about a second wave. So with me and all our dealers, we're working hard right now to sort of do whatever we can for the clients and for the dealers, getting ready for that second wave, whatever that is, whatever that's gonna be. Hopefully it's not as bad as I think it is, but I I really hope that we get through it sooner rather than later, you know.
1: Okay, um, the twins. What are your thoughts on this? Because obviously it's impacting uh, the European side of the electronics industry too.
3: Yeah, it it really is. I think our story is probably slightly different to the one in the U S as it is different to other countries in Europe and other countries around the world. I speak to people from literally every corner of the globe on various platforms and it's a different story everywhere, even as you just illustrated on the two sides of your country. Um, I think that the, there's a couple of things that we, we're taking from it. It's 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 actually, I think, helped the, uh, the musicians and artists find new ways to get music out to people. Things like live streaming, Facebook, StreamYard, all of those kind of platforms has shown that actually, tech is very good at bringing people together where they otherwise can't be. And if we can deliver just a little bit of, uh, of an uplift in mood or a smile to someone's face by, you know, sharing some music in amongst all of this, then you know, it, it's it's it, it. That's a really great thing to be able to to do. You know, I think one of the one of the other nice things that's becoming a little bit apparent here is that people are rethinking actually what their home means to them a little bit. Um, And now we've been forced to be in our home twenty four seven for weeks on end with our family. You know, we look around our house and say, what could we do? to be better here and and to make it more enjoyable and more useful for us. So I think in the medium to long-term, actually, the industry maybe has some really good news coming, but certainly, you know, it it seems like a long way off yet. And, you know, we can just be there for a bit for each other and help entertain each other in the process. Then that's a great thing to be able to achieve.
1: Okay. uh, Jeff, uh, what what about uh, your thoughts as (laughs) semi-retired? Uh, and a, a active cDA guy
0: well uh, here in indiana we we 've pretty much we've stabilized and done a pretty good job uh, our, uh, with the keeping the, the the virus under control as for uh, as for cd it 's a nice opportunity for me to get stay involved. I tried to retire and then of course they had me teaching and working on books and everything else i think i 've actually retired now from CDA, we 'll see um, but not till this is over. Um, it is good to be, be involved in. Uh, uh, like last year, I didn't get to play because I was teaching on the day of rehearsal and teaching on the day of the gig. But well, I'm not going to let that happen next year. We'll be in Indianapolis, and I'll, so I'll be I'll be hosting and uh, showing everybody around and playing, hopefully.
5: Oh well, well you, we're not going to be in Denver next year. That's a bummer.
0: Yeah.
5: yeah. What's that? No, I I uh, love going to Denver, but yeah. uh, I didn't realize it was any, that it was in Indianapolis. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know what? I, I don't know that for sure. I a rumor. So don't take I believe you That's true.
5: It is okay. It is correct. Right. And I can say
8: that I actually love coming to Indy because it's a smaller town. We come in, we almost take over the whole town. So wherever you go, yeah. you're seeing your pals and yeah, your associates. And I actually really like the uh, the environment there.
5: The Slippery Noodle, right? Is that the place? The Slippery yeah. or like There it is. Uh, yep.
0: That's uh, one of the few places downtown that hasn't closed.
5: yeah Yeah. the noodles still up and running yeah then in the place with the the steak and the horseradish horseradish, with the uh
8: Saint elmo's Saint
5: elmo's Elmo's,
7: yeah that's the place
8: yeah so you know to the question of uh of the whole prices going on now you know this is not the first crisis that we've gone through and i I think i spoke to that on a podcast at one point we've gone through the dot-com bubble which had a direct impact on every one of my industry friends. We've gone through 9-11. Uh, we've, we've come through the crash in 2008, which some have still not recovered from. And uh, every time we've come out stronger. And that's yep. why I kind of like the whole uh, CD is strong. You know, I'm in Boston and we've gone through the Boston strong thing, you know, which was the, uh, the marathon, post-marathon issue. Uh, this is obviously unprecedented. No one knows when we will get to the other side of this. So I think it's really critical at this point that we, wherever we happen to be within the industry, support each other and help each other get through some of these
1: tough times. Okay, uh, Dave, uh, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, like Mitch just pointed out, we're a very resilient industry. And we've watched our dealers like take this on and really go for it headfirst, do the best they could with the tools they had. And for me, it's more like just saying, hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for keeping us going. And thanks for giving us an opportunity to hang in there with you. And, uh, you know, we're, we're making the best of this. Uh, our, our business right now, although New York was in really bad shape in April, is now extremely busy. And, uh, you know, we just want to see it continue. Nobody's really talking about the next wave because we're just concentrating on getting through today. And we're taking it one step at a time. And one day at a time and um you know like i said we just want to say thanks to all our dealers for hanging in there with us and we're looking forward to whatever comes next and whatever it is we'll take it on head first
5: the uh rob you uh, 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 one thing that i i do want to point out and i have been hearing from a lot of dealers is that the same thing that that jeff said is that people are staying at home more
6: right.
5: because they're staying at home more they are working on their houses. They're not traveling to you know, Europe for six weeks or seven weeks. Sorry, Jeff, but they're not. <laughs> they're staying here in the United <laughs> States. But, um, you know, whereas they would go to Italy for six weeks or seven weeks, and that, that costs a bundle of money. So now they're working on the pool. They're working, they're building a new yeah. private cinema. They're, they're doing multi-room audio around the house, which they might not have done. Also, another thing that's very interesting is that... All all of our clients, most of them, they're never even home to enjoy half the stuff that they have. So some of them called me, Mm I haven't heard from them in three years, and I'm always assuming that maybe they're calling me, they might have an issue. Mm -hmm. They're calling me because it's the first time that they've ever used their theater that we built for them Mm -hmm. three years ago. They were never around to enjoy it in the first place. So they actually called me up to actually thank me and say, I'm really enjoying it because the whole family is finally together. They can never get everybody together, but now because... It's you know a COVID environment. All the kids are together, you know, and it's just you know the kids always have an excuse you know to leave to hang out with their friends. But now, it's bringing the family together somehow. So th- there's a lot of positive elements to it. It depends on how you look at it and and how you and how you view it. But you know it's we've been seeing a lot of interesting uh, very interesting dynamic from it, and it's 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 been positive in many ways too for a lot of people. Uh, you know from the family home you know, from that type of perspective, anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, we see it editorially from uh, the CE Pro uh, kind of viewpoint in that um, we're hearing a lot about people uh, realizing that their home theaters need updating or their home networks need updating. Um, maybe they would like to add an outdoor audio system because they're going to do a staycation kind of thing rather than traveling to Europe or even the Grand Canyon or something like that. Um, So uh, there are a lot of opportunities out there, I think, that will develop because of this um, stay-at-home situation that we're all living through right now, including home offices, which will be a really big Part of the CDR industry going forward, too. I mean, we're on the Zoom platform right now. So I think a lot of uh, people will want collaboration systems. And of course, that means probably updating their network and everything. So it, it really will mark the new, uh, a new sort of era for uh, custom installers. So it it could be a really good thing. I mean, once we get through all of this, but uh, um, I wanna get, um, let's see, who did we miss on this so far? Um, I kind of lost track of of where we were on this. Did anyone else uh, want to uh, share Just their me. thoughts? Just me. Oh, sorry, Tim. Okay, Tim, if you could um, share your thoughts on what it means to uh, be supporting the uh, CDA Strong Initiative.
4: Well, I think, you know, from, from my perspective, really just being able to serve and, and help in any capacity works. And what we found at d as well is that while people are kind of sidelined from the job site, they're taking the time to, to improve what they can and train their, their team. And so we've been, we've been happy to help and provide, you know, training webinars on the software and, and anything that we can do in free e-learning to help that effort. Um, And I think that, you know, when we get past this, everything that everybody said, we are very resilient as an industry. I do think, and I've thought this from the start um, of this situation, that there's going to be opportunities um, for our guys when we get through this because of the time spent at home. And I don't think that people are just going to be flocking back to the office. Right. And, And I do think that this is going to kind of change the way that uh, uh, the industries everywhere start to work. Um, and that's gonna provide opportunities. Um, and I think what we just have to do in the meantime is, um, you know, try and, and be thankful for um, what we have and, and, and reach out and try and help those that are, that, are, that are struggling. So just, you know, even if we can provide a little bit of diversion and, and fun, um, and even if we give, in my case, you know, give people something to laugh at, um, you know, I feel like we'll be doing our part and, um, you know, I'm just honored and, and humbled to be, you know, part of, part of this with all you guys and, uh, i looking forward to it.
7: Maybe just to add on to what Tim said, yes, Thank um, you, Rick. you know, the, uh, the opportunity here is that, um, as you said, there's a lot of manufacturers, uh, ourselves included at Indi Audio Labs, that others have taken advantage of being able to educate uh, our customers, dealers who are trying to become more profitable and try to do jobs in this environment. Um, Cedia itself, the expo, uh, even though it's gonna be virtual, I think it's gonna be a great opportunity for education. And uh, so I think it's, it's nice that we can sort of mix the left brain, right brain, here's some education, here's some entertainment, so. I think that's a cool thing that we can do this year.
1: All right. I want to thank you, everyone, for taking time out of your day. I know um, it is Friday, in in our case here. I and I are in Boston, and uh, Rich and Dave are in New York, so it's getting mid-afternoon on our uh, uh, timeline here on Friday. So um, I want to thank you all for taking part in this call. I want to thank you all for taking time to learn these songs, to record these songs, both audio and video-wise. And uh, thank you for your efforts to
0: contribute to all of this. Thank mm-hmm. you.